This is Howard Brodsky. Welcome to American Sunshine. I'm Jay Lucas, and welcome to American Sunshine, the podcast. And I'm so delighted. This is a podcast where we share inspiring stories, uh, the power of the human spirit, and really the revitalization of all our great towns and communities across New Hampshire and really across America. And I'm delighted, really, truly delighted today to have on as our guest a really good friend, a hugely accomplished business person someone who's done so much for social impact and positive good for businesses and communities across America, uh, my good friend, Howard Brodsky. Welcome, Howard. Hi, Jay. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Well, and it's particularly great in that we've been friends for so many years. And I'm joined here by my great colleague, Ryan Knowles, as well. Ryan. Hey, Jay. Hey, uh, hey Howard. How are you? Hi, you know, Ryan. You know, I'm, I'm really excited because... Um, you know, you've had such an impact across America, Howard, and I don't think everybody really knows your your story, but, you know, both you and I are, are New Hampshire, uh, you know, products of the Great Granite State. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd love if you wouldn't mind just sharing, because you've been so successful with, you know, originally Carpet One, that's how we first got to know each other. Um, but how did it all start for you? How did how did, how did you, you do uh, get into that first uh sort of Carpet One, and then on to what you're doing today at CCA Global and, and all of the other things you're doing. Sure. I'll give you the, just a quick, um, my father was a Russian immigrant and his dream was to open a floor covering store. And he uh, did when I was five years old, he moved to Manchester, New Hampshire, to open a small store. And he passed away from cancer when I was 13. But I, I mm. saw the love he had for family business. Yeah. And that stayed with me, Jay. You know, and, it, and I told my mother at the age of 13, that's what I wanted to do. And I got out of college, came back and it grew. Uh, but I saw like so many other businesses uh, that the big chains were going to take over the businesses. And, you know, oh, yeah. And I, I saw the, the Home Depot and the Lowe's were coming into our sector. And I had a very good friend of mine. And we had both been president of the National Trade Association and said, we need to do something. And uh, a friend of ours introduced us to the CEO of the time, True Value Hardware Stores, which was a cooperative. And we went down and spent a day with him. And we walked out of there and said, we're starting a cooperative. And that was Carpet One. It was actually uh, Carpet Co-op of America, which was now CCA. That's mm -hmm. how the CCA came. And uh, so we originally were in the flooring business, but after about five years, Jay, we realized that all family businesses need scale, not just flooring. Sure. You know, they needed buying and training and marketing. And so we slowly went into other industries, the lighting industry and the bicycle industry and the fitness industry and the childcare centers, um, because they all needed scale. And I would say you give a really good entrepreneur the 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 scale they need and they can compete against any national chain oh you know you, you know you're so right you're really <clears throat> you're, you're talking to somebody who totally believes in what you're saying you know if you give that family business that entrepreneur small business person all the tools they need um they can win they can win it's just yeah. the, the power of the entrepreneur and what you've been able to do in terms of scale so so today 
maybe just any kind of metrics in terms of what how big is CCA today? How many how many lives do you touch? Just how, how do you? Yeah, so we, we we're about a twelve billion dollar company. Uh, we operate in four countries, and um, we touch about nine hundred thousand family businesses across the, those areas. Um, and uh, you know, I think the thing we're most proud of is that I always say, first of all, we level the playing field. You know, that's we we, we take it away from being an unfair disadvantage to being a level playing field. And uh, you know that I think we're proudest of that even during the recession and during the pandemic. 99% of our businesses stayed in business opposed well, to actually, can we, can we pause there? You know, during, yeah. Wow. That's, that's an amazing number. Say that. Again. Yeah. So 99% stayed in business opposed to um, during the recession, uh, about 25% of all the businesses, the industries we're in went out of business. Um, and during the pandemic, about 20% of family businesses in America closed. So we were very proud that, uh, that if we gave them the support they needed, that they were able to fight it out on their own and do it not only just 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 survive, but actually thrive. That's that's really amazing. And so, what are what are the, some of the kinds of tools that you have developed over the years to kind of give them? Because you know that 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 family business on Main Street is you know struggling to compete against. Walmart or Target or any of the big chains? Oh, they, they really are. G. I always say, you know, we're in the business of saving family business in America. And, uh, you know, buying obviously is at the core, you know, to, to be able to buy at the same scale, which we do as we buy at the same scale as Home Depot or Lowe's. But more than that, you know, marketing today is very complicated. As you know, we, you know, so much digital and it's it's much more sophisticated and also training, uh, store design. A credit card processing, insurance. We have a real estate division that just does nothing but negotiate leases for them or buy, help them buy buildings. So it's pretty much turnkey. We they run the business, but we give them all the tools they need to run that business. Well, and one of the things that I've always been impressed by, and and you and you did this so well in the carpet business and beyond, is that entrepreneur and that family business really needs some sort of a differentiated product, so that the, the the shopper, the customer can't go down the street to Walmart or Target or whatever that store is and find the same thing down at Home Depot or whatever it is. But if, but if you can give that entrepreneur something special, unique, gives them a huge advantage. No, Jay, you're exactly right. And I think, you know, we give them exclusive brands and um, so that their margin can be respectable so they can make actually a very good profit. And look at that's what a lot of the stores do today. Trader Joe's, it's all exclusive brands. You know, you go and Walmart exclusive brands you go in target um, it's where the margin you're able to get margin so so what I find really interesting is that you've got you've created this 12 billion dollar entity which is like Ganormous. and um, and for people who don't know uh, your your Manchester location is is right down there in one of those old mill buildings right on the river and so, I mean it's really a wonderful place to be You've done such a great job with it, but you haven't really stopped there. You've got so you put the CCA Global is not it's not a private for profit business. Put it into a cooperative, which I found you know fascinating. How did all that happen, Howard? How did how did it become a co op when you originally put it together? Well, I think Al and I knew a lot of these people that we were going to bring in initially. They were friends of us from the flooring industry, and we said, you know something. 
if it's all that just we're going to own it, people are going to be constantly suspect. We said, you know, we want this to be owned by everybody. And the one way where I always say the values are aligned is a cooperative because we do not, the company does not do well unless our members do well. Unless our members succeeded, we don't succeed. And uh, the, the cooperative is one of those unique businesses. I always say it's, it's capitalism with a conscience, Jay. It's where, um, you know, it's, it's not a nonprofit world. It's not socialism by any means. Um, it's capitalism, but it's capitalism that cares about people first, um, not profit first. No, so to, <laughs> what you've been able to do is, is really terrific, um, but particularly um, in building out the entity. But, you know, you really haven't stopped there, Howard. I know you've had a huge um, involvement in the community in so many ways. And one of, by, by the way, uh, I really appreciate all your support for the Newport uh, Sunshine initiative and um because newport of course is uh, near and dear to my heart and um our main street you know has 30 or 40 years ago was much more bustling and thriving and so forth than it is today and um and your interest in helping and uh, revitalizing newport and, and other towns too has been been huge um but tell me just a little bit about you know you, you've done many more things than simply um be working with us on the sunshine initiative um, tell me just a little bit about what you've done, you know, through uh, some of your other philanthropic activities and, and what CCA Global is doing, because I think it's pretty, pretty amazing, actually. Well, we've been involved in a lot. I said the child care, we, have, we now support 22,000 child care centers across the uh, United States. And, and really, I, I think at the core, if, if young children do not get a, a good child care experience, uh, that you know, it's proven that, that you know, they're, they're just going to have more of a battle. And, you know, the wealthy always have good child care. But what happens to the middle and middle low class, uh, they're, they're always more challenged. So we're very supportive of that. You know, I was fortunate to start a nonprofit called Cooperatives for a Better World that now operates in 12 countries. And it's really to bring the cooperative message and to people understand the opportunities in cooperatives uh, around the world. And so. Um, you know, there, there are over a billion members of cooperatives around the world, and, and I think people don't realize it. And so that's been a very, very exciting endeavor. And uh, my son has started a, a the first incubator accelerator for co-op called <laughs> Start Start Co-op, which I'm very proud of that I'm involved with. And uh, it really is exciting new cooperatives that have just, as I said, have enormous. Uh, entrepreneurial spirit to them and yet they're really at their base it's about social justice and opportunity for the people left behind in our, in our economy well, you know uh, howard one, one of the things that you uh, you may or may not i think you'll remember this phrase but it's a phrase that you used um uh, i remember not too long ago and it stuck with me because um you know i'm all about positivity um yeah. belief um, helping people achieve their full potential because that's really what it's kind of what it's all about and giving opportunity. And I think the phrase that you used um, that there's a, a poverty, there are many forms of poverty, but it's a poverty of hope. And, um, and, and giving that hope is so darned important. And yeah, Jay, Jay I, I think it really is. You know, I would, that's true. I mean, I would say there's, there's poverty of economics and poverty of hope. And, um, you know, People might need subsidies, but they don't want subsidies. You know, they might need money to live on today, but they really want to live on their own. Uh, and subsidies at some point are going to fail them. And so when you give people hope 
and an ability to be part of the solution, they're so much better off. And I think that's what you're doing in Newport. I mean, I, I'm so impressed, Jay, the initiative you have going on, because I think it's so exciting that to me, Newport represents America, that there are so many small towns in America that have been left behind. And the pandemic has only made it more challenging for them. And I, I think it's so exciting what you're doing is you're really building a lab of how to reinvent towns in America, Jay. Well, you know, you, I think you just nailed it, Howard. I mean, that, that, the, the reason that we began this several years ago is that I grew up in Newport. I hear deeply about it. And, you know, it's about 6,000 people. And the opportunities today for the next generation of the kids of the, of the people I grew up with are, are just not the same as when we grew up. And if we can um, instill those opportunities to this next generation, that's everything. And there's so many small towns like Newport, like you said, across the country. Um, and so we're making progress. I think we're doing some really great things to uh, bring the town some revitalization and some, some really forward-looking positive opportunities. And as we're doing this, very much like you said, we're creating a little bit of a laboratory. Hadn't really intended to in some ways, but we're developing some best practices. And yeah, as a, like we want to share those best practices. Yeah, Jay, I think that's what's exciting about it. You know, it's interesting. Just two days ago in the Wall Street Journal, well, Friday, um, they have a, a special edition comes out Friday called The Future of Everything in the Wall Street Journal. Huh. And this last Friday on June 11th, they had their feature was small cities, big ideas. And then they, they went to the Innovationville, USA, Big ideas to improve post-amic life are now being tested in small and medium-sized cities in America. And I think that's what you're doing. The, the innovation really can come from small places and then be replicatable like you're doing. And I think that's what's exciting with it, that, um, that Newport is not the only city like it. There's, there are thousands of Newports. And I, and I think the other element is, with technology today, with Zoom, you know, there was another article they had about Zoom towns, America. You can bring new industry or new jobs in without having a company come in. Um, yeah. You just need to have people have to understand how to work in the new climate and new atmosphere. And I, I think so many of the the things you're talking about, best, best practices and uh, job opportunities are, are things that just, you know, Small towns in America are just starving for. Well, you know, in, in, I love what you're saying, Harry, because my, my paradigm has, has changed in a, in a pretty dramatic way. You know, I think many people, and, may, and certainly when I started working on, on the Newport Sunshine Initiative, we're thinking in maybe some traditional ways about how do you, how do you get a town's economy back up to maybe a, a level of some of the other towns that you might, might have been doing some better. But um, but the, my my thought on it now is that no, it's the opportunity is much larger than that. That it's um, one that I'm calling the leapfrog opportunity. And, and what I mean by that is that I think in the, in the Newports and other towns that have been left behind to some extent, uh, there's an opportunity now to have a, a vision for what that best community will be in the second half of the 21st century. What will that town or community look like? And, uh, and to design that into our thinking. And it's very much around, um, you've got at this one moment in time, you've got the pandemic that's uh, had an exodus of people from the big cities uh, and who are rethinking you know, where to live. You've got uh, the, the ability for folks to 
connect to the global economy from virtually any place. And saying, gee, I really do think that particularly young families and just everybody really wants to be part of a community where you know people, uh, where you feel safe, where it's a great place to raise kids, you get a chance to experience the outdoors. And what better places than some of our small towns? So if you can design some of the the ability to um, have an economically viable, vibrant community, in addition to having a great place to live, that's really what we're trying to create. Um, and, and, I, and so we're exciting to be able to try to move, ex, extend and share some of these ideas with other towns and cities around the, around the country. Well, I think you've, you've moved the ball on just fantastic, Jay. And I think you are, you're establishing a, a framework and a thought process that is really, I think people have not really gone to. And, um, you know, just what grants are available and, you know, how do you reduce costs in the town? And, you know, how, do, how does the local town have to deliver health through tele, telemedicine and food options? And there are so many issues that really cut across every town in America. And I think you're, you're addressing them. Howard, this, this is Ryan. Uh, it's, been, it's been great to just hear both you and, and Jay speak. Um, and I, I think it's what, what's fascinating to me is as a millennial looking at, you know, a millennial who's also an entrepreneur, um, looking at the future and how we, how we not only support our businesses, but how we support communities through our businesses. And, um, I think one question I have for you is, you know, some people have been naysayers of the co-op model. And, you know, for me, I think there's a great value add to it. So I, my question would be how, how, do, you know, if you're a young entrepreneur, do you use a co-op model uh, to basically do exactly as you said is, you know, we, we think about people first um, and looking at that as against a more traditional, I'd say, you know, uh, business business model or business structure. Ryan, a, a great question. I think cooperatives, I always say, you know, the, the word is a bad word. If, if somebody gave me the opportunity, I'd throw the word out because um, <laughs> I think it, it brings with it a lot of. I call it people thinking the food co-op, small businesses. The reality is um, there are many co-ops, not only just ours, but, you know, Land O'Lakes is a $30 billion co-op. But around the world, um, there are co-ops that are 30, 20, 40 billion dollar companies that are very profitable. And the only difference is that the, the profit is going back to shareholders that are the ones that have a stake in the company. Uh, but, you know, I, I think to, to your question, Ryan, and I think another part is there are new forms of cooperatives today. So there's what they call a multi-stakeholder cooperative. So traditionally, years ago, there was only, you know, a cooperative was like, I call it one class of shareholders. Uh, you know, as a, people think of food co-ops. Food co-ops actually are the smallest segment of cooperatives there are in the country or the world. So I, I think that's a big insight for a lot of people listening to this podcast that you, th you do think of food co-ops as being co-ops. Really. Yeah. And, and they're the smallest part, Jay. And, but the reality is with a multi-stakeholder co-op, you can have an investor class. So nothing wrong with somebody making money and investing to make money. They just don't need it all. You know, I mean, today, you know, the, whether it be the Ubers of the world, the, you know, the, the Lyfts or the Am Amazons, um, you know, the wealth is so concentrated. So it's certainly nothing wrong if somebody, you know, built a, a, a multi-billion dollar company and they come out with $200 million or something. They have a wonderful life. I don't think they need every penny of it. It can be shared. And so with a multi-stakeholder, you can have different classes. You can have an investor class 
You can have an employee class. You can have a uh, a user class. Uh, you know, it's interesting. There's a group now starting a co-op and uh, a driver co-op of drivers similar to Uber in New York City. Uh, because you think about it, the drivers do all the work. All the all all <laughs> Uber is it's it's just a technology, and so Uber, it really Uber should be owned by the drivers. The, uh, yeah. You know, Uber provides the, the, the tech support and uh, collects, you know, all the money. Actually. Right. So <laughs> I think to your point, Ryan, um, there are ways you can be very entrepreneurial and uh, and still be a capitalist, but be a capitalist with a conscience. And I I think a lot of young people that I talk to really care about society. They care about sustainability. They care about the environment. They care about wealth distribution. Um, they might want to make a good living, they, and there's nothing wrong with that. They should make a good living. It's just that only a few people, you know, when you think about it, you know, six people in the world have the same wealth as half the world's population. So if, if you put Bill Gates and and Elon Musk and uh, Jeff Bezos and Warren Buffett in there, I think four people, they have the same wealth as three and a half billion people. Well, that's that doesn't work in the long run. There, there yeah. will be a rebellion in the long run. The, you know, yeah. there's nothing wrong with having very rich people, but, you know, you, you need some wealth distribution. Well, and, you know, what we're all about is creating those opportunities for people to, to um, as you say, not have a poverty, eliminate that poverty of hope, but tools and opportunities and, and, and reach their full potential. It's just, it's really an exciting thing. The, um, and, the, and, and Howard, your son's co-op, URL, if they, people want to learn more about what your son is doing with starting co-ops, what is, maybe just repeat that for our listeners. Yeah, it's start.coop. So literally just www.startstart.coop. Yeah. That's fantastic. And I think people can learn a lot there. And of course, I mean, as I began to learn more about co-ops, and I think may, some people may find that the ocean spray is, uh, uh, or did I get that right? Is that that's yeah. a co-op? Yeah, Ocean Spray. yeah, that's a co-op. Ace Hardware Stores is a six billion dollar co-op. Um, you know, there, you know, there's a co-op in India, Jay, called Ifco. That's a farmer co-op. They have forty four million farmers that are part of it. Wow! Oh my gosh! Well, and you know, I, here, here's a surprising one that I did learn, which I, I believe the Green Bay Packers are actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. No. It's, it's owned. It's owned by its uh, the shareholders of the local the ticket holders. A, That's exactly I'm right. Fan. I'm a Bears fan, so uh, it, yeah. funny enough, I, I though I don't like the Packers, I would actually approve of of their business uh, <laughs> model. We, we all love the Packers, but New England Patriots fans uh, throughout here. <laughs> right. Parts. Um, well, Howard, we we uh, we want to say thank you. Is there any last thoughts you'd like to leave us with uh, today? And I'm sure we'll have an opportunity to do this again sometime but we just we really appreciate you joining us um well i just think jay i think what you're doing in in newport is just so exciting and uh i think you're building the next group of sustainable towns in america um or sustainable i call it it could be you take the same formula it could be a local neighborhood that needs to be turned around it's turn around towns and turn around neighborhoods they really need to be revitalized, but they need to be thought about holistically. And I think you're the first that's really looking at with the Sunshine Initiative as a holistic solution, not piecemeal. So many people want to help them. They don't understand how to help them. 
And so I think by bringing a holistic solution, you're really showing people how they can help and help help others and help themselves. So I think it's uh, I'm, I'm just proud of what you're doing and proud to be any part I can of it. Well, thanks for all your help and thanks for your kind words. And, you know, just thanks for, for all that you're doing, Howard, and um, and delighted to have you. And so we, we say thank you for uh, joining us here at the American Sunshine Podcast and wishing you and all a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Jay and Ryan.